Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. I want to talk today on the subject I'm causing confusion. If you believe it, I want you to shout in this place. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm causing confusion. I I don't think it would be a surprise um, if I made this statement, whether to those of you who are in the room or those of you all the many thousands of you who will see this or are seeing this online. I don't think anybody would be struck by this statement, and and this is true, that there is actually a war going on. I'm I'm not talking about the one um, in uh, Ukraine uh, against Russia. That's that's small in comparison to the broader picture. It is a symptom of what is actually taking place in the earth. Um, the wars that are going on, they're, they're multi, multi-dimensional. That's why James says, uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse, multiplicity, many Temptations. There isn't just a war going on uh, in that part of the country. There's a war going on in your house. There's a war going on in your marriage. There's a war going on in the educational system. There's a war going on in politics. We had to wait from Tuesday all the way to last night to find out who would control the United States Senate. Why? Because there's a war going on. Uh, when I don't know what happened here in, in North Carolina, but when we were in Houston, uh, last voting cycle, you had digital machines. This time, you actually had to put paper in it because there was a war against the Dominion machines. That, that there's a war. That, that's what took place uh, at, at the Capitol on January 6th. That was a symptom of a war that is going on. And, and I'm not telling you whether to be right or whether you should be left, whether you should be conservative, whether you should be liberal. All of those are your choices. But we have to admit something's going on. We, we have to admit that there is a war economically. There is a war socioeconomically. There's a war between genders and races. There, there's a war going on. Um, in, in the church, war against denominations. Should you be uh, uh, charismatic? Should you be theologically sound? Uh, should we speak in tongues? Should we not? Is prophecy still in the church or has it gone? There's a war going on. There's a war going on. And, and I tell you uh, that, that the devil, and let me tell you something, every parent in here hear me, the devil wants your children. 
uh, he's fighting against your children, and it is not a new war, because anytime your child has the opportunity to change the world, the world will conspire to change your child. Uh, if you don't believe me, it happened twice in the scripture. Remember when Moses was born? Pharaoh comes out and then he, he elicits that all of the young children, uh, the young male Israelites uh, should be killed. And, and, and what happens is his mother Miriam puts him in the river to ensure that he is not in the number. And the Bible says that when he could no longer be hidden, uh, as a result of his cry, Pharaoh's daughter found him bathing uh, as she was bathing in the river and picks the baby up and takes the baby back to the house to ask the man who wants him dead, can she keep him? Now, what they don't have Infamil at that time. They don't have Similac, but the baby got to eat. So what happens is, is she says, is there anybody lactating in the kingdom? Come to find out that the woman who is producing milk is the mother of the son that placed him in the river and now Pharaoh has to invite her into his house and pay her to do what she would have done for free. Can I tell you that you're getting ready to walk into a season where the enemy's gonna finance your vision. The second time we see this is when Jesus is born. Herod the Great said that all of the males should be killed because any time your life has the ability to make a difference, there will be a war waged against you. Anybody fighting a war right now? It, it's, it's not because you're doing something wrong. The war is about the fact that you are an answer, that God created you to solve an issue, and the devil wants you out of here before you find out the purpose of your birth. But by the time I finish with you today, you're going to walk out of here with your head held high. And you're going to tell the devil, listen, you've been confusing me all of my life, but now I'm about to flip the script and I'm about to start causing the confusion. Coincidentally, uh, the wars that we're seeing today, uh, according to Scripture, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, the Bible says that Michael uh, and the angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. Here's my favorite part of the verse. But he was not strong enough. If you don't hear nothing else I say today, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. The devil that you are afraid of, he ain't strong enough. Let me say it to this side over here. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I I've got a word for you. The devil that you're fighting isn't strong enough. He isn't strong enough to take your anointing. He isn't strong enough to take your health. He isn't strong enough. No, the weapons of our warfare, they will be waged and, 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 and there will be weapons formed, but they will not prosper. Come here, Isaiah. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's the part we shout about, but let's back up. He says that God created the smith that fanned the flame that created the weapon. No weapon formed against me. Do I need to say that again? God created the smith that fanned the coals, that made the fire, that created the weapon. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The reason why the weapon that's formed against me won't prosper is because God was influencing the weapon maker. 
and made sure that the weapon maker couldn't get the fire hot enough to make a weapon that could destroy me. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today, but you ought to high five three people and say he ain't strong enough. He ain't strong enough to take my confidence. He ain't strong enough to take my anointing. He ain't strong enough to take away my swag. He ain't strong enough to take away my, my ability to have faith. He ain't strong enough to take away my confidence. I need all of the strong people in the room to shout in this place and tell the devil you should have killed me when you had a chance but you let me make it to revival and when I come out of this thing I shall come forth like pure gold somebody shout he ain't strong enough he ain't strong enough you need to just start talking to the devil crazy stop respecting him Talk to him crazy, like the next time the devil comes want to fight you, say, dog, we're in different weight classes. Get your weight up. If you're going to come over here and swing them, I'm a heavyweight, you're a featherweight. you got to talk to the devil crazy, because if you respect him, he will not respect you. He ain't strong enough. Here you are afraid of somebody who already lost. He's already lost. He's old for whatever. And just because he's in the ring with you, do you think that God's going to give him his first win against you? We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The Bible says that, um, that we should put on, here it is, the whole armor of God. Somebody say the whole armor. And, and here's what Ephesians 6 says. He says, and he says, this is the most efficacious and efficient way to win. He says, you got to put on the full armor of God so that we can protect ourselves against the methods or the schemes of the devil. Are you with me? Now, now what are his schemes? He's got a lot of them. I mean, he, he, he ain't no one-trick pony. Let me tell you something. The devil, he got a whole lot of ways that he fights. Uh, uh, but but, but, but we, we have one outcome. This is, this is what we do. All we do is win. You, you do understand that, right? That, that's all we do. I don't know what this fight is going to be like. I don't know how long it's going to last. But I can tell you I'm going to win it. Uh, uh, do, do touch your neighbor and say, I'm a winner. Now, if your neighbor ain't talking to you yet, it's because they don't believe you. They don't believe you. See, they looking at where you are right now. They don't know where you're going to be. So just tell your neighbor, you better holler at me now why I ain't got nothing. Because when I get something, don't holler at me. Don't, don't be trying to ask me for my phone number when I come back here next week and my wardrobe is changing. And I got me some new eyelashes and I got this lace front and I got it everything late. Don't try to holler at me right then. Matter of fact, just look at your neighbor and say, back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they're going to be all on me. I prophesy in this room today that by the time you get here next week, the enemies you see today, you shall see no more. I need somebody in World Overcomers to lift up your voice and shout, I'm about to start some confusion. Still don't know what I'm talking about. Paul says, put on that, that, put on that belt of truth. Put, put, on that, put on that breastplate of righteousness and while you're at it put on your valentino shoes of the gospel he says he says while you're at it, i want i want you to get dressed i want you to make sure that you're dressed and 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 he says watch this he says after you do that i want you to put on the helmet of salvation but please don't forget the shield somebody shout faith 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 336 times in the scripture the bible tells us to have faith 
He, has, he tells us to have faith. But watch this. How many of you know that there are levels to faith? You remember when the disciples were on the boat and the ship started to rock and Jesus was in the hinder part asleep on the pillow. He got up and they were crying. He said, why is it that you have no faith? But, but then Matthew comes and addresses the same story. He says that Jesus got up and says, oh, ye of little faith. Are you with me today? Because there are different levels of faith, but not to worry because if you are not as faithful as Pastor Andy, and if you're not as faithful as some of these ministers and workers on the front row, and perhaps you're watching online, and you say, Pastor, I don't know how to do all of that shouting, and I don't know how to have all of that faith talking. Maybe you're sitting in the back, and you're just holding on by a thread. Can I tell you, you can still get the job done because the writer says you only need faith faith the size of a mustard seed and you can speak to the mountains and tell them to be removed into the sea. Can I tell you a story? There was a tribe over in Africa. They don't have toothbrushes so what they do is they walk around all day chewing the branches of mustard trees. Are oh, you about to hear me in this place today? Because mustard has an antimicrobial, an antibacterial uh, property to it and so when you chew on mustard branches, watch this, it is equivalent to brushing their teeth because it is getting rid of the plaque. And then the Lord gave me a revelation. He said, tell WOCC, faith don't work unless it's in your mouth. Oh, I wish I had about 300 people in here today that'll spend the next 30 seconds speaking faith. I dare you to say I'm a millionaire even when you got bills too. I dare you to say I'm healed even though the doctor said you're sick. Can I get somebody in the room today to speak faith? Somebody shout speak faith. You got to have faith. And you don't have to have a whole lot of it. All you got to do is have faith the size of a mustard seed. You got to have it in your mouth. You remember when, you remember when the woman with the issue of blood um, was, was in the crowd? She, she didn't say, I hope this works. She didn't say, I hope these guys move out of my way. She said, move. Get out the way. She's pushing people out of the way moving people out of the way. And watch this. This is when it worked. For she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Let me say it. They say two times is the charm. They say, let me rewind that. Press play. She said to herself. All right. They tell me three times is a charm. She said to herself. See, the problem with some of y'all is you don't talk to yourself. You always clapping back on the internet. You always talking to box, but you don't talk to you. I dare you to spend the next 30 seconds talking to yourself. I am a millionaire. I am an overcomer. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and never beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. She was able to get the job done because she spoke to herself. What you might not know about the woman with the issue of blood is that she wasn't really fighting a sickness. She was really fighting a system. For remember, the men told her that she was not supposed to be in public because everything that she had was unclean because she had been on her menstrual cycle for over a decade. 
Now, everybody knows that that is found in Leviticus chapter 15, right around verse 9, where the Bible says that a woman who is going through her menstruation cycle, not only is she unclean, but the seat she sits in is unclean, and the clothes that she wears is unclean, and the reason why she couldn't touch Jesus is because if she was unclean and she touched him, he would be unclean. But what they won't tell you is in verse 1, it addresses men before it addresses women. What they won't tell you is in verse 1 it says that if a man has a discharge, he is fit, unfit to be in the presence of God. Which means that if a man at that time had a sexually transmitted disease, he was also considered to be unclean. Now let me ask you a question. If you got a crowd of 10,000 people and most of the people in the room are men, is it plausible? That it was somebody close to Jesus that had a sexually transmitted disease that was telling the woman with the issue of blood that she couldn't be in the position when the scripture also, oh, y'all not listening to me. Ain't you tired of people telling you how to live your life and they ain't doing nothing with theirs? Aren't you tired of people telling you how much praise it takes and they not giving God any? I want everybody in here to shout, I'm sick of the system. I'm sick of church folk telling me how I got to dress. I'm, I'm sick of church folk telling me that I don't deserve to be on the ministry team because I haven't been in church 12 years. All I got to do is get to the place where I push my way through. This woman is causing confusion because she's doing something nobody's done. She's doing something nobody's done. And now I get to the place of the scripture because now it is time for me to unlock the miracle of Isaiah chapter 9. And the Bible says, listen to this. He says that there will be no darkness for those who are in trouble. The King James Version of the Bible says, nevertheless, the gloom will not appear Upon her. The gloom is a reference to what took place in Isaiah chapter number 8. Are you listening to me? Where the Bible says that God warned Judah that the Assyrians were going to come and try to invade the land. And watch where they invade first. They invade first in Zebulon and then secondly in Naphtali. Do I have any Bible readers in here today? Now, Zebulon was known for their scholarship, intellectualism. Nephtali, watch this, they were known, are you with me? They were known for their identity because remember, they were part of the ten lost tribes and they lost their identity and so now they are part of the ten lost tribes. So Zebulon for scholarship and now he has taken the identity of Nephtali and then I found out that these are the two places that the devil wants to attack you first. He wants to attack who you know and what you know. He wants to attack your education about things externally and he wants to attack your education about what you know internally because if the devil can make you question what you know and make you question who you are. Oh, I help me in this place today. Then he can have you in the throes of his grip. But here's what God says. I know what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to take away your identity. He's trying to take away your scholarship. But watch this. For those who are in darkness, for those who have been attacked, for those who he has subscribed his ideology upon, here's what God says. He says, I know what the devil is doing, but let me tell you what I said. No more darkness. 
Oh, you missed what I just said. He says, I know you got cancer spots on the doctor's report, and I know you are just two weeks away from the devil's, uh, from the divorce court, and I know that your body is in pain, and I know that you're about to lose your job, and I know you're about to file bankruptcy, and I know that the rent is coming, but you can't pay it. But he says, watch this. If the devil attacked you first, I'm about to get the last laugh, and I'm telling everybody in the room that if you are in darkness, God told me to tell you, get ready for the light. Fist bump your neighbor and say, there's some light coming, there's some light coming, there's some light coming. Verse 1 says that the people who walked in the darkness have seen the light. Can I tell you God sent me from Texas all the way to North Carolina to prophesy relief? I'm going to find somebody in this church that came to get a revival. Touch your neighbor and say, I prophesy relief. Every enemy that you have been fighting, God told me to tell you, the enemies you see today, you shall see no more. Find three people and say relief, 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 relief on your job, relief in your finances, relief in your ideas. Can I get somebody to shout about relief? Y'all don't believe the word of God. Somebody shout relief. I decree and declare relief is coming to your house. Relief is coming to your children. Relief, I prophesy relief to your mama. Somebody's mama has just got a bad doctor's report. I speak relief over her life. Somebody shout relief. Relief. He says, for those of you all who are in darkness, I'm about to give you light. Anybody been struggling lately? What are you going to do when you wake up tomorrow? And the thing that you went to sleep with as a problem, you woke up and it wasn't an issue. How would you act if you went to bed needing to borrow money, but woke up lending money? I'm just, I'm looking for my section in the church. I think it's right up in here. How would you feel if, if you went to bed sick and woke up and started telling everybody by his stripes? I am here. What if, what if I told you, single ladies, you went to bed praying for Boaz and then got to the grocery store and he's going to be walking down aisle seven. I wish I had somebody who shout, God's about to solve the problem. All the single ladies, put your hands up. I decree and declare God's about to send you somebody who ain't just going to like your heels, but they're going to like your head. They're not just going to like what you say. They're going to like the fact that you are a prayer warrior. Do I have any saved women in the room that looking for God to send somebody? All the single ladies that want to be with somebody, just tell your sister, I ain't going to be like this long. You we ain't going to be able to go on cruises next year together. Don't invite me on your trip. I ain't going on no girls' trip. Me and my boo going to be in Cancun. I, I know you believe. See, it's only two of them over here that believe. Y'all too cute and too cool. You better believe it. <laughs> That's the student ministry lady. I saw her on the, on the TV. She waiting for Christmas. Lord, all I want for Christmas is a boo. I prophesy relief. Number two, I prophesy blessings. Oh, I'm, listen, this ain't hyperbole. I'm telling you why he sent me here. He told me to tell this church and those connected that relief is coming.
This, I've never preached this sermon before. Can I tell you? I've never preached this message before. I've never preached this scripture before. I've never preached this text before. This ain't one of my sermons that I preach everywhere I go. This one was tailor-made for you. God told me to tell you he's bringing relief to this house. And he says, with the relief is coming a blessing that you won't have room enough. That you won't have room enough to receive now, now, here are the blessings. Y'all ready for the blessings? I said, are you all ready for the blessings? Watch what he says. The people that walked in darkness have seen the light. Number two, watch this. Thou hast multiplied the nations and not increased the joy according, watch this, to the joy of the harvest. Are you ready for the two things that God told me to tell you that's about to rest on this house? I can't say it if you ain't ready because I might as well. I said, are you ready for the two things that God told me to tell you that he's about to rest on this house? For anybody who's in darkness, God says, number one, I'm about to give you light. Number two, anybody who's in sorrow, I'm about to give you laughter. God says in this neck, before the year is over, there are two things you can count on, light and laughter. You are about to laugh at everything that tried to kill you. You are about to laugh. Somebody shout a joyful noise. Every enemy and every devil that made you think that you were not worthy and more than enough, God told me to tell you I'm about to give you the last laugh and the devil who thought that he had you is going to have to sit back and watch you be blessed. Tell everybody on your row I'm blessed. Did they say anything to you? Why y'all sit next to a neighbor that won't talk to you? Listen, why don't you go find a neighbor that really like you? I, if I were you, I'd get my purse, and if you got an iPad, I'd go and find a seat next to somebody who got some life in them and say, baby, because one can chase a 1,000, but it's going to take two to chase 10,000, and I can't confuse the devil by myself. I need you to find a praise partner and shout, when I move, you move just like that. If I shout, you shout just like that. If I jump, you jump. Just like that, now let the redeem of the Lord. I said the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. The Bible didn't say the redeemed of the Lord ought to clap so. It didn't say you ought to rock so. It didn't say you ought to shake so. It said you ought to say so. Open up your mouth and shabbat the Lord and give him glory in this place. Somebody shout yes. Give your neighbor a high five and shout yes. I feel the glory of the Lord. What you getting ready to do, you can't do it with a selfish pew member. Matter of fact, just look down your row and shout neighbors. As for me and my row, we will praise the Lord. If you want to be dry and ashy, there's some seats in the back. But this is an oily section. We come to get exploits. We come to upset the devil. We come to get back what the devil has told. Somebody shout yeah! I prophesy blessings. I said I prophesy blessings. Somebody shout I'm blessed. 
No, you don't have to wait until you get the blessing to shout I'm blessed. You get the blessing because you said I'm blessed. And y'all probably saying, y'all probably saying, why this dude keep telling us to make all this noise? I ain't never heard no preacher tell me to talk to my neighbor this much. I didn't come to church to talk to my neighbor. I came to get a word. There's a reason why I keep telling you to do it. There's a reason why I keep telling you to do it. Somebody shout, there's a method to the madness. Isaiah said that the nations in the dark shall see the light and even those living in the shadow of death will come out. You, you, listen, if you have enough light, there can be no shadow. No, no, no. The reason why you see shadows on this stage is because the light is fighting with the darkness. But if we had all the lights on, the shadows would go down. See, the shadow of death is still in the room because some of y'all light ain't on yet. Look, just look around, look around. This is, some of the lights is on. And some of the lights is like, I'm not impressed yet. Uh, he's just got to give me a little bit more for me to give my hallelujah. But let me tell you something in this place. If we all got together and said, I'm shouting for my baby and yours. I'm shouting for your money and my money. I'm shouting, look at that. I'm shouting for your health and my health. I dare all 2,000 of us in here and all 5,000 of you online to start shouting at the same time and shout, devil, you missed another opportunity to kill the church of Jesus Christ. Open up your mouth and shout. 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 making us do all this screaming when Jeremy was up there singing we screamed enough if this message has blessed or encouraged you feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry this enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible why you got us doing all that screaming? I ain't gonna tell you yet. <laughs> tell you in about 19 seconds. Bible says, that I'm gonna break yokes. Verse four and five. He says, I'm gonna break the rods. You know what a rod is? Remember when the Bible says that I walk through the shallow, val valley of the shadow of death and he says, thy rod and thy staff, they come for me. You know why? Because the reason why the shepherd had a rod is because sometimes all we like sheep go astray. So, so what the shepherd would do with the rod, listen, he would intentionally break the leg of the sheep. Why? Because a sheep with a broken leg feels vulnerable and a vulnerable sheep will always stay close to the shepherd. So sometimes God uses the rod of protection to break you so you won't stray. And so since the devil is watching, he also has a rod that he uses to keep you close to him. God says, I am about to break the rod. 
and the yoke that the enemy has been using to keep you feeling rejected and feeling insecure and feeling like you're not enough. He says, I'm about to break it so you can actually get back to where you are supposed to be. But watch what he says. He says, there's only one way we can do it. I need you to hear me. And watch what he says. He says, I'm going to give you, listen, the same kind of victory that I gave Gideon in the days of Midian. That's important. Because if you remember, Gideon said, of my father's house, I'm the least. I, I, need, I need honesty in the room today. How many of you all sometimes feel like you're not enough? And, and everybody can tell you, man, you dope. You dope. Ma'am, you're awesome. But, but when you leave that stage, you wonder. You can go, to, you can go home and, and feel like you worked to provide for your children and, and they won't appreciate what you're doing. And you can't give them back. So let me tell you, see, kids today, they don't have it like we had it growing up. Now, now this is the truth, because, see, when I was growing up, we had all kind of rules. Like, number one, you couldn't just open the refrigerator and just look. This is what the kids do now. My mama say, ain't nothing in there going to change. And what nothing in there when you open it, ain't going to be nothing in there when you close. Close my refrigerator, though. And we used to have to fry bologna. I know y'all are rich over here on this side of the country. I'm from Gary, Indiana. We have to fry bologna in a cast iron skillet. Y'all don't remember that. And, and it will puff up in the middle, and then you stick a fork in it, and all that cloud come up on it. And it was good because you had to peel that red plastic off of it. No? And, and cinnamon, the Cinnabon it was actually toast with a, with a hard piece of butter in the middle and some cinnamon. And the way you heated the house, you just opened the oven. Oh, no, they don't know nothing about that. We actually used to bleed, young people. Kids today, they bleed. They, they pass out. We used to drink our blood. They see blood. Wasn't no PS3, it was a Nintendo. <laughs> Gideon defeated the Midianites because God says this war is going to be won by people who feel they can't win. Because it is only when you are weak that he is made strong. I can make a strong argument that the reason why some, some of us lose so many battles is because we're too strong to win. Your mama taught you to be strong. Your daddy taught you to be strong. Your coaches taught you to be strong. And God is saying, I'm waiting on you to get weak. Could it be we've trained ourselves out of miracles? Could we have trained a generation of children to not be able to have an encounter with God because we taught them to be so strong that they don't know how to be weak? Just get in. I'm about to give it to you and tell 
uh, a world overcome, uh, overcomers. I'm about to give it to them and tell everybody in Durham, I'm about to give it to them. I'm about to give relief. I'm about to give blessings. But there is something you have to do in order to get it. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5, and I'm going to tell you this, and this is going to help. He says, for every battle of the warrior is with, here it is, confused noise. Somebody shout, I'm causing confusion. I'm causing confusion. Um, I don't know, some of y'all might not have no relatives uh, that have spent copious amounts of time uh, in the judicial system. What I'm saying is some of y'all might not have no family members that, that's in jail. That's what I'm saying. But, but I'm from Gary, Indiana, and I got all kinds. And uh, going, growing up in Gary, Indiana, which when I was growing up was the murder capital of the United States of, of America, very well ac acquainted uh, that when, when, whenever law enforcement would come in the room, and by the way, y'all got some of the scariest policemen I've ever seen in my life. When I came up and seen the policeman with a police dog and all that, I said, this is the safest place in all of North Carolina. And y'all give it up for the A-team because these brothers is on point. And I walk in, and, and, and I'm looking at, you know, he's got his holster, and he's got his gun, and, and there is something that uh, he probably has in his vehicle. It's called a flashbang. And, and what a flashbang is, it is a non-lethal weapon that is thrown at the enemy or the assailant. Watch this. Not to kill them, but to disorient them. And, and what it does, it's come with a loud sound and a loud flash. Why? Because with a loud sound, you get disoriented and you don't know what to do. And what God is saying is, is that we are in a war, but you can't win because you're too quiet. The only time you're going to win is when you give a confusing noise. See, if you shout loud enough, here's what Marvin Sapp says, praise will confuse the enemy. In other words, when the devil is attacking you and you are quiet, you give him the room to continue his attack. But when you make a joyful noise, oh, some of y'all to get it in a minute. This is not me telling you what you should be thinking about. This is telling me what you should be doing. Making a All right, let me say it again. Making a No, I'm not telling you to say it. I'm telling you to do it. Making a the devil just got confused. He just took his hand off your money. He just took his hand off your child. He just took his hand off your wife. He just took his hand off your body. Let the redeemed of the Lord open up your mouth and give God the praise. I cannot hear you. I said open up your mouth and shout up in this place. Give your neighbor a high five and shout neighbor. God told me to tell you, weeping me, endure for night, but joy is coming in the morning. Give your neighbor a high five and shall neighbor. Y'all ain't here with me today. Shall neighbor. God told me to tell you, weeping me, endure for night, but somebody shall joy. It's coming in the morning. Can I get about 500 people to stand on your feet in this room? Turn around in a circle. Did y'all hear what I said? Turn around in a circle. Did y'all hear me? Turn around in a circle and shout, neighbor, 
You may be wondering why I keep turning around. The reason I keep turning around is because every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing me. Somebody turn around. There goes your increase. There goes your blessing. Shout it, yeah. Shout it, yeah. Shout it. I can't hear nobody. Open up your mouth. Give God the praise. The Bible says that God told the writer, he told Gideon, watch this, Gideon didn't win the fight with his fist. Gideon didn't win the fight with a sword. He won the fight with trumpets and a loud sound. Because the Bible says the same thing it says about Jehoshaphat, that when the praises got to the battlefield, the enemies were already dead. Because you'd be surprised what a praise can do. You'd be surprised what a shout can do. You'd be surprised what glory will do. Open up your mouth and over the next 30 seconds, somebody clap like the devil's head is in between your hands. Shout, 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 shout. What if I told you if you shout, God's going to take the same thing that the enemy tried to kill you in. I'm going to let you be confusing for a moment. I want you to shout until God deals with your enemies.
I'm telling you is to stop acting like what you've been through. It's a confusing noise. Your praise is like the police officer kicking the door in, releasing a flashbang, and apprehending the assailant. Because when you are noisy, the devil is confused. You got to praise in season and out season. Praise when you got a savings account. Praise when you're in the negative. I'm telling you what I know. Because the enemy's job is to discourage you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you keep the same consistency no matter what, I've learned to be content. If you learn to be content no matter what state you're in, he figures it's not working, so he will leave. Your quietness is proof to him that it's working. Confusing noise. You know, I promise you, I practice this. I walk around, I'm optimistic, everything. I, it's going to work. You know, when you're optimistic, you make people who are pessimistic mad. You're always happy. Yeah, because I know the outcome. Me complaining is literally me putting on Saul's armor. You remember when David was fighting Saul? He says, I can't fight with what you fight with. I can't fit that stuff. I'm a believer. Complaining doesn't work for me, but praise does. Lift your hands in this place. Lift your hands. I want you over the next 60 seconds to begin to open up your mouth, and I want you to speak as though you already have the victory. Open up your mouth. CC, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and give God the praise. Praise is what I do. Is what I do. Somebody open up your mouth and begin to praise him. Praise Can you open up your mouth and lift your hands and say, Praise is It's what I do. It's what I do. We get ready to shout at everybody in this place. Everybody online, open up your mouth and shout it.
That's your prescription for success. In everything, give thanks. That, that's how pastor will come back and know we had a revival. When he sees a church saying, whether it's good or bad, whether I'm happy or sad, I'm praising God. In spite of my situation, in spite of the proclivity, in spite of how I feel, in spite of my own personal attitude, in everything. Give him thanks. everything is okay. The truth is, you've never really been broken in front of God. You've never really, you know, you, you, you make too much money to be seen like that. You dress too well for that. That's, that's not how people in my socioeconomic status, this is not how we behave. But what if I told you the higher you go, the more broken you have to be before God? He can't put new wine in old wineskin. Creating me a clean heart. Renewing me a right spirit. Hallelujah. Listen. I was talking to Pastor Andy yesterday. This man's a genius. Very smart. He's thinking even when you don't know he's thinking. He started talking about this church and what he wants to see it look like in the future. He's so far ahead in his vision that if he reaches his goal and that oil falls down on you, you will be more blessed than you have ever imagined. And while he's away resting, this is what I love. I'm loving looking at you online and in his room because normally when the pastor's away and people know it. Oh, don't act like you ain't never drove up and didn't see his car and then turn around and be like, you know, the Holy Spirit is leading me to brunch today. But to know that he can trust a people to show up when he's not here shows God that he can trust his house with the relief and with the blessings because it's not about the man, it's about God. Like a rose trampled on the ground, 
took the fall. Lift your hands. And fought for me above like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall and thought of me above all sing it one more time like a rose trampled on the finished preaching just like this a woman came I didn't even ask for anything a woman came from the back of the church with some money in her hand and I don't know whether she was bringing it to me or whether she was bringing it to lay on the altar all I know is that she was about to release it and I said stop the Lord told me to tell you to hold it and as she was releasing it the Lord told me to say this I said I need three people to bring this lady a hundred dollars three people my wife was one of them a pastor of a local church was another and I can't remember who else I think it was a lady at the church came and brought this lady a hundred dollars and when she opened up her hand she had three single dollar bills in it and she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she began to cry she said pastor this was my gas money. Now, when I grew up, $3 could have got you a half a tank. $3 can't get you a full tank nowhere in the union. And I looked at her and I said, had you brought five, God would have told me to tell five people to come. Why, you remember when the woman who had the barrels, she went to go get the oil, the oil stopped flowing when she ran out of barrels. Sometimes what you get is according to the faith of what you bring. Watch this. After I told those three people to give her $100, people start coming from everywhere, and the pastor texted me and told me when she got home, she had over $3,000. From $3 to $3,000, the Lord gave her 1,000 times. Did you hear I want everybody in this room who believes that anointing. Now let me tell you, if you know anything about me, this is online, it is documented. The Lord told me to tell our church that he was getting ready to eradicate de debt. And I did a debt release service at our church and they brought over 100 plus million dollars worth of debt to the altar. 
online and in the building. That was on a Sunday. The next Sunday, everybody say the next Sunday. President Biden said that he was getting ready to release student loan debt. And I believe in my whole heart that when we prayed that day, we shook up heaven and earth and made a decision come from the altar and from the Oval Office to make sure that debt would be released. And we had 132 people bring us papers verified to the altar where that student loan debt was 100,000 the week before and it was zero the next week. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm speaking the cancellation of debt and relief. I speak the cancellation of student loan debt in this house right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, make a confusing sound. Somebody shout, I'm debt free, I'm debt free. Somebody shout, I'm debt free, I'm debt free, I'm debt free. Hallelujah. Nobody's asking to do this. I just know how to get a blessing to you. I know how to do it. You're talking about a man. I grew up in Gary, Indiana. My mother worked at Taco Bell, raised four kids on $6 an hour in Gary, Indiana. I understand broke. Matter of fact, I understand it so much that when I was making money, I was still broke. Because how many of y'all know when you get that first money, you live above your means? Come on, be honest. Holla at your boy. I'm around here driving the Chrysler 300 when I'm 21 talking about it look like a Bentley. No, it don't. This is what you said to yourself. And now God has put me in a position to have to steward over five campuses in a place where I came from, a place where most churches have five people. I don't got no business doing what I'm doing. I, I wasn't... I wasn't reared for it. I wasn't raised for it. Uh, I, I don't come from any aristocracy. In fact, my father was the pastor of the church, and I didn't know until I was 12. I literally looked at my father every Sunday and thought he was my pastor until I found out at 12 he was actually my father. Okay. So, so I didn't come from none of that. My mama had a raggedy green station wagon. It was so raggedy that we used to hide when we rode past our friends. And I used to get, she used to give us food stamps and we would go to the grocery store and, and when my friends were in the store, I was embarrassed to spend food stamps in front of my friends because they had dollars and we had food stamps. How I didn't know how much, listen, give me some now. <laughs> give me some food stamps right now. I, I'll spend them here. I'll, I'll count them off in front of you. I come from a time, y'all remember people used to sell food stamps. Y'all don't remember that. Oh, they still do? Oh, she said they still do. Lord, let me put putting people business in the street. Let me get back focused. You, you consecrated and I done brought you out the spirit. I want everybody to get three gifts in your hand and ask God to multiply 1,000 times. I want you to get three gifts in your hand. I want you to get it in your hand right now. We're getting ready to give. We're getting ready to give because we don't want... See, what's going to happen is people online, they see Pastor Andy not here. And, you know, the giving, it'll, it'll go down because they don't see him. But the bills keep going. Somebody shout, the bills keep going. So I want everybody to get three. Now, don't, don't you put three singles in your hand and be mad because God don't give you overflow. I highly suggest you start at five and above. Get three fives, three tens, three twenties, one five, one ten, one twenty. Just get three gifts in your hand. 
I want you to get in your hand, and I'm going to pray the same thing over your life that happened to that woman in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that when she released it, watch this, because the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you what? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Watch what happens. Shall men give unto your bosom? I'm going to pray checks coming in the mail that you did not expect. The eradication of student loan debt, raises on the job that you did not expect. Come on, talk to me. Business ideas. God's going to give you million-dollar business ideas in your dreams at night, and you're going to have to wake up at 3.30 this morning, I prophesy, put a notepad by your bed because you're going to have to wake up tomorrow, to this morning, going into the next day, and write down your vision. Don't sleep it off and say, I'm going to remember till tomorrow. you got to wake up. Everybody who gets those three gifts in hand, I want you to stand to your feet. Those of you online, I want you to go to Zelle. I want you to go to the app. I want you to look at all of the online options. I'm sure it's on the screen right now, and I want you to take advantage of this giving opportunity. You know, the reason why I do this is because a lot of people talk to God about money, but they don't want God to talk to them about it. If you get to the point where your money belongs to God, you won't have to pray for it because he'll always give seed to the sower. Everybody shout, I'm a sowing machine. I was born to sow. That same mother that raised me in Gary, Indiana, now I take care of her. Hallelujah, somebody. Moved my mama from Gary, moved her down to Houston. Now I get to see her every day. Somebody shout, blessed be those who take care of their parents. How many of you all know, how many of you want to be in a position? The car my mama drive, I bought it. The clothes she wears. Because she took care of me on the front end. Oh, I'm going to take care of her on the back end. Come on, talk, somebody, talk to me in this place. You're going to be the first multimillionaire in your family. Woo. Somebody shout, he talking to me. Now, if your neighbor ain't talking to you, just tell him, don't even ask me to borrow nothing when I get there. You're going to be talking about, I knew it the whole time. God showed me in the dream you was going to be blessed. No, he didn't because you ain't talked to me at that service or that preacher said talk to your neighbor. Y'all ready? Do we pass it or do, how do we do it? For those who have it in person. They're going to pass the bucket through the line. And everybody else, hold your phone up so I can see if you're doing it on your phone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, right now, bless every obedient person to the word of God online and in this place. Bless them 1,000-fold. Multiply what they have in their hands 1,000 times. And God, it ain't a stretch for you because the silver and the gold belongs to you. The cattle on a thousand hill belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. And so, God, we're not going to wait until the check comes in the mail to thank you. We're going to shout right now in advance and confuse the devil because we are rich in Jesus. If you believe it, shout amen. Let me hear all the wealthy people make some noise in the room. They're passing the bucket.
Pastor Keon is out in the lobby. He will be signing. I think he has about 200 books. Okay, so just a few. <laughs> uh, but he'll be out there. He'll be able to sign, sign your books and take pictures with you. Also, all parents and children of student ministry, if you're interested, to my right, your left, the fellowship hall over here. Immediately they have refreshments for you, so don't worry about that. Our first time visitors, raise your hand one more time. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We have a gift for you. If you would go to the Connect kiosk, we have a gift for you. Thank you for coming. If anybody is interested in becoming a member of World Overcomers, go to the same Connection kiosk, okay? Come on, let's lift our hands. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you did in this room today. We thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we are leaving out better than what we came in the threshold. Now, God, we thank you, Lord, that this word is seed that is sown in good soil today. And, Lord, it will produce much fruit in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for an anointed week. We thank you, Lord, for the most miracle-filled week that we have ever had. Go ahead of us and make every crooked way straight. God, we love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Shake somebody's hand and say, cause some confusion.
Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.